race two of the samtech.edu factory stock showdown series once again goes to the cobra jets and another skillman takes the win this time it's bill skillman in his first nhra national event win but his thoughts are on the race fans and what they want to see the fans don't want to see eight second runs they want to see seven second runs everybody i talked to was so fired up that we're running the sevens. So we, we haven't even run in any warm weather yet. And if they get these cars slowed down so much that they're running in the eights, eight tens, eight twenties, uh, by slowing them down when it gets hot, it's, it, it's not going to have, it's not going to have the draw that it has right now. Skillman is near the top of the points and both Skillman's have a chance at the championship. Other players emerging. Bo Butner looked good. Others looked good. But it was the Cobra Jets that dominated the day. It could have been an all-Skillman final round, but Drew Skillman lost an engine in eliminations. Why no engine change? Unfortunately, with the way these cars are set up, they are factory cars, and they're, it is an immense amount of work to get them out. We can do it in about two and a half hours, and unfortunately, the time just won't allow for it. Your Charlotte winner and more on this edition of Factory Stock Podcast, along with Samtech.edu's Brian Massengill, as we break down the race. Two races in, Factory Stock has been unreal. Quick cars, fast cars, Mustangs, Challengers, Camaros, all going at it. And we have got you covered. We encourage you to subscribe, write a review, and never miss an episode of the samtech.edu factory stock podcast it's time to get it on with bill skillman and brian massengill on this edition of factory stock podcast start your education at full speed with the school of automotive machinists and technology accelerate your career as a high performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab on the dyno and at the track in addition to block, head, and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associate of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today. Let's get right into it with our winner from race two of the samtech.edu factory stock showdown, the NGK spark plugs, four wide nationals. He joins us now, his first win, Bill Skillman. Bill, congratulations. Thank you very much, Joe. You know, it was, uh, it was a heck of a day, is all I got to say. You know, we had uh, very blessed to be able to win uh, my first race uh, in an HRA. Uh, and along with my son, who also won stock. So it, it really was a special day. I can't imagine what that must be like. You guys have been so involved in uh, cars as dealers and in racing. And uh, Drew goes out, wins his first race and second race on the same day. And now you get to win your first race on the same day that he wins a race. Very special. Very special, yeah. You know, so I guess highlights of our racing career when i say uh, you know drew's been the the shining star and you know he's he's won a lot of national events and a lot of divisional events and a, a divisional title and you know he's uh he's a heck of a talented racer uh, i never sat down in a race car till i was 50 years old um so you know a little slow on learning <laughs> but you know i'd say the highlights definitely are drew's first win in a national event and doubling up 
at Atlanta would have to be by far the highlight of, you know, as I, as I take them, Drew, then Drew winning pro stock at the U.S. Nationals, since we're from Indianapolis, is probably number two. And then this event would fall in there right as number three. You know, it's, uh, uh, it, it was just an awesome day. And that's exactly what a father is supposed to do, prioritize his son's accomplishments over his own. Um, we're going to talk about the round-by-round round and the program and your thoughts on the class, because that's what we do on Factory Stock Podcast. It's for fans of Factory Stock, and I'm imagining that there are new fans every week who see these cars and say, wow, they're super cool. I want to learn more about them, but also the people. And so you said you hadn't sat in a race car till you're 50 years old. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. We see the skill name on the sides of so many cars drew has told us already that his grandfather was like his motivation for wanting to do this that you guys kind of were in, into the round track thing so what about your perspective bill um you know growing up in an auto dealer family clearly passion for cars but not racing necessarily so how did how did this get started like at 50 years old why well, did you get in a race car well let me kind of take you back to the beginning so ray who is my father uh started drag racing when he was a teenager he had a 51 i think ford businessman coupe that him and his younger brother would drive from owensboro kentucky to sturgis kentucky and change the rear end at the track change the tires at the track drag race get through drag racing change the rear end back put the put the street tires on and drive back home so that's that kind of started in the late 50s uh, with my father mid mid 50s uh, I would say, um, and then, uh, that ended when my mother got pregnant. So that ended up all the, uh, racing and, uh, you know, like everybody, you got to go to work. And, uh, so he worked for a lot of years. And then in the seventies, my dad decided he wanted to do some circle track racing. So he built a late model sportsman car and ran, uh, like Nashville fairgrounds, a lot of those type of uh, Salem, Salem, Winchester, a lot of those types of tracks. Uh, and then that kind of ended, uh, when he moved to Indianapolis and bought dealerships in Indianapolis. Uh, so he moved here the first day of 1979. And, uh, it was not until I think early eighties when my dad bought a ASA car, he actually bought a grand Mark car, which was kind of like a junior division of that and then moved into asa and started driving circle track stuff again and then did uh the uh nascar all pro series so he was he was more of a circle track racer you know and uh as a kid uh you know we're we're from a working family you know my dad works a ton of hours you know we we put in a lot of hours at the dealership and you know because we're open a lot of hours we're open 12 hours a day at the dealership. So, you know, he just wants you to work a half day. So I always said, just, you know, nine to nine. So all you need to work. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't have much time for racing. So I did, a, I did a little, uh, Jim Connor stuff, a little bit of, you know, running through the cones and, and I was a, you know, dirt bike guy and, you know, so never, never really raced any cars. And, um, uh, and when the 2008 Cobra jet program came out, um, I wanted to get some Cobra jets to sell as a Ford dealer, not, not really to race, uh, couldn't get them. They were already pre-sold. And when the tens rolled around, I had my name in for two cars. So, uh, when the cars came in, 
uh, I was out of town on a business trip. And when I got back, the cars were gone. Uh, my son and my father had stolen my two race cars from the dealership and took them to Raceway Park <laughs> and uh, uh, tried to run those. So they were two sticks. They were uh, one was the five four with a two point three liter smaller blower, and the other one was a Super Stocker five point four with a four liter blower. So my dad drove the Super Stocker, and Drew drove the Stocker, and kind of all started from there. And, uh, so that kind of, uh, you know, I guess that was the first taste of, uh, you know, the free drugs, you know, you got, <laughs> you know, uh, you get a little taste and you got to have more of it, you know? So in 2012, the next set of cars came out, they were building them every two years. And so Drew and my dad were both racing. And when the 12s, I ordered two more 12s and, uh, Drew took one as a super stalker and I took a stalker. So. Uh, that's kind of where our racing started. So I never sat down a race car until 2012, a drag car. And, um, you know, that's, that's where it started. Wow. Well, I, first of all, there's a whole bunch that comes out of that, that I, you know, I would, I would love to drill down in that number one, though, the whole goal of the program, right. To get more people interested. And it worked perfectly with you guys. Like we're going to build cars that are unusual drag cars from the factory. And you guys, you know, car people, but not drag racers decided let's do this. And then, you know, yours got hijacked by your son and your dad, which is perfect. That's a great family story, but the program worked. That's what I take out of it. The program did work. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So, uh, we, we've had a Ford store since 1992 and I was not involved in the Ford store until 2005 when my dad had a partner in this store and he, he elected to retire. So I took his position at the Ford store. So uh, when the Mustangs came out, uh, the new Mustang, new body style Mustang, we were very interested in performance building, you know, trying to create a sub brand in our dealership and set ourselves apart in Indianapolis being the home of racing. So we became a Celine dealer. Uh, and then later on became a Roush dealer. I carried lifted trucks. I tried to make our dealership different from just the every, everyday Ford store. So that's where our passion started with the, the Celines and the Roushes. And it's just grown from there. So that's where, that's why I ended up ordering the Cobra Jets because I figured it that it kind of fit right in with our market, but it, but it, um, it, it met a different need that we weren't satisfying with the drag racer. All the while, so, right, and and now you're racing though, and you're doing pretty well out there. While this is your first win, you've gone many rounds, and uh, it seemed like you you know caught right on. Talk a little bit about that. Like, okay, now you're making some blasts down the track, and you find that you know drag racing is fun. Your family likes it, and you guys seem to dive right in and all the way. You talk about going to the highest levels of pro stock, winning the Chevrolet Performance U.S. Nationals, all of that. But that had to be because you loved what you were doing. Yeah, we we absolutely loved what we were doing. You know, we um, we don't do anything halfway i mean we're 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 a family and if drew always says if we have a hobby you know it's full bore you know we're 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 doing whatever it is to the full max and then doesn't mean we won't be done with it but but it uh you know we <laughs> we we're a little out of control sometimes <laughs> and stuff we do so you know we've got a whole fleet of race cars and you know are out there sponsoring uh 
other other racers, local racers, and then also uh, Karen Stouffer on on her Pro Stock motorcycle, who we're super proud of uh, being the number one qualifier this weekend uh, at the Four Wides and having a really good motorcycle. And you know, should have probably won that heat, but the bike wouldn't go in fifth gear. You know, just had a mechanical issue, so she's been riding really good. They they they've worked on getting this this new bike set up for her weight. Uh, you know, and, uh, it's been, it's been a, it's been a good move, but we, you know, we, we try to, we, we sponsor a few people, you know, and we, and we, you know, of course, David Rampey, who doesn't get any better than David, you know, one of the winningest drivers ever. So the best and yeah. let's, uh, let's dial in on Sam tech factory stock showdown. And so this category that uh, we love so much that we've started our own podcast about it. Uh, is capturing the imagination of a lot of people. It's modern, cutting-edge technology, but the cars look exactly like the Mustang that you're trying to sell someone out there on Monday morning uh, after you go out there and win uh, various uh, you know, body styles even. Like Drew has got the brand-new 2019 version, but you're running a 2014 version, and it's competitive and cool, so much so you're out there at the top of the qualifying queue. Um, you know, how impressive are they to drive? How much fun are you having just driving these cars, let alone competing? Uh, well, they're a blast. They, they're absolutely a blast to drive. Um, you know, they, it's like anything when you move up, I was running stock and super stock and I have a pretty fast super stocker and, but you're on a much bigger, wider tire. Uh, and then you move up to this massive amount of horsepower on a nine inch tire. And until you get that car lined out, it, it's a, it's a handful, you know, uh, it accelerates fast. It hits the tire hard when, when it gear changes. Um, and you know, they have a tendency to spin because you're trying to manage all this power. I mean, this, this thing has pro stock horsepower in a 3,600, 3,500, 75 pound car. I mean, it, it's an animal. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a serious motor, um, and the Fords and the Chryslers and, and, uh, you know, the Chevrolets are all making really good horsepower, um. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, getting the cars to work is it, an art. And, um, when the tracks are really good, you're seeing all the cars go down the track, which is awesome. Uh, you're seeing everybody get down when the track gets hot and greasy and stuff. It, it's a real handful to manage these cars. They, they, you know, they have so much horsepower and such, such a small t- tire, you know? So, um, uh, you know, it's, the, the racing, the racing could be better if the track was prepped a different way. Uh, you know, I would think you'd see much, much better racing if the if the track was prepped a different way. But that's not the way that NHRA's uh, that's not their direction, and um, so you have to play in the sandbox. You know, that right. you're given. Right. Well, let, let's yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about the round by round. Obviously, qualifying the year has been really strong for you guys. Uh, starting out with the NMCA event out in Bradenton. Then you go to Gainesville, and uh, you're right at the top of the qualifying queue. Drew goes on to win the race. Yeah. Similar situation out here. Qualifying goes very well, and, uh, and and then you head into eliminations, which begin on Saturday. And uh, I feel like, first of all, the older body style, the fact that you have a 2014 Mustang, I think it's cool because it shows that those cars can compete with the power plant that is modern. 
Correct. Yeah. The, 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 the body style, do I, do I think the new car probably has a aerodynamic, you know, is it more aerodynamic than, than my car? I think it is. We just haven't gotten the, we've had some issues with Drew's car, you know, it's a brand new build, got it going really good. And then we've had some engine issues and, you know, we've had some issues that's, that's kind of bit self-inflicted, some of it, some of it not self-inflicted. So, you know, we, we, we need more time to get that car lined out a little bit more. But it's, I think both cars are very good. I mean, my car works great. It, it, it's going down the track. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Tommy Laney and Dave Udini, my crew chiefs, are doing a great job of managing the power to the track. I mean, they're, they're making it go down the track for me. So round one, you get to go up against the reigning Samtech Factory Stock Showdown champ, Leah Pritchett, who also drives top fuel in El Bandito, a car with like a persona, and, uh, you know, load her up with a 788.9 and an 055 reaction time. She uh, really hammered the trio 11, but she needed to and still wasn't able to get around. That had to feel great. Just, uh, you know, you're running up against a top fuel racer in Factory Stock. Right. That, that was my worst light of the weekend and not a good time to have it. And she almost stuck me on the trailer, you know, and should have. Uh, but, uh, you know what, uh, the rest of the run was okay. And, you know, we, we, we squeezed by. I mean, it, what was it, like 12 foul uh, at the finish line or something. So it was very tight, very tight. I didn't know I'd won until I came on. So it was – I thought I had, but I wasn't sure, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it was a tight race. Uh she deserved to have won, but just, just didn't get by, you know. Uh, once again, everybody's trying to manage the track and, you know, uh, how much timing she, they had in the car and, you know, how aggressive they were off the line. There were a lot of things that play into play into that, you know. So you can look at the splits and stuff and see probably where they were because, you know, she's, you look at what she ran at, uh, at uh, Gainesville, the car, the car will – go and i think she had what a 115 9 or 116 60 foot there that's about as good as i've ever seen in one of these cars so their car will hook up when the track is is really good and go you know they've, they've got it they've got a good package Absolutely. Uh, i don't think right now it's as good as the the ford uh but you know they have equalized us quite a bit with the pulley and you know it was about about 80 horsepower you know with the with the pulley change and uh you know, it definitely pulled us back some, but we're working really hard to, you know, do what we can do to edge more power back out of it, you know, so. Well, in the second round, and it's interesting that you say that, and I, I'm going to want your opinion after we go round by round about, like, what the future holds. In the second round, you yeah. ran Scott Libisher, uh, and that was a very Scott, challenging yeah. round because no one was getting the power to the ground. Like, you and Drew right. really were the only ones who were victorious at, at all who got down the racetrack, and that is supposed to be what people want. Like, you got to manage the power, and you did with an 802. How did you do it? Yeah, look how bad the 60-foot was, but we that's all the track would take. So you just have to pull all the, you know, the launch timing out of it or as much as you possibly can uh, to make sure the car goes down the track. You can't win. Well, I guess you can win spinning the tires, but somebody else has to do it next to you, and you've got to be able to, you know, get down the track faster. But, uh, but you know, it, it's still going to be faster if you're not spinning, you know. So you just – you know, were we too conservative? Maybe, but you know, it went down the track and it won the round. That's that's the that's the whole goal. 
in the semifinal, uh, it was unfortunate that in round two, Drew hurt his, and he was unable to show up for a matchup that Bo Butner was telling me was something he was looking forward to. The first time that he and Drew, who are you know buddies and car dealers and rivals, and would get to race in this new class. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I understand Drew burned a piston and pushed out a seal and just a whole uh, host of issues that did not allow him to come back, especially since he was also running Stock Eliminator. Meanwhile, you had to go up against the former champ, David Barton. And you were able to get down the track 8.049 at 173. Barton was 8.23. So kind of robbed of an opportunity to race Drew in the final round, but you're going to the final round, right. which is good. Right. Yeah, well, we, we our goal was to run each other in the final round. I mean, that's what we wanted to do, you know. And as you know from Gainesville, we, we race each other. We're not going to – one person isn't going to lay down for the other person, you know, uh, you know, even though I had never won an HRA event, Drew was Drew wasn't. If we were in the finals, he's not going to lay down against me to give me a win, and I, I, I would never expect him to. Uh, you know, Chris Holbrook, prime example, our you know our engine builder. You know, uh, you know, I would never ask anyone to to to. You know, yeah, we're here to win, and he should be there to win. You know, we get we get the we get the power from him, but hey, it's it's race day. You know, I'm, I want to beat you, and you should want to beat me. You know. Yes. And that's that, that's what that's the way we like it. But uh you know, uh Drew was looking forward, you know, he would have loved to run Bo and then run me or, you know, we've seen what would have happened there. So final round, you and Bo Butner. So you kind of uh Bo wanted to run a skillman, he just got dad instead of son, no big deal. But to <laughs> me, to me though, like I know there's a great relationship. First of all, I know Bo real well and that he, he he's the ultimate sportsman racer and is out there really for the camaraderie and the racing and the competition. Um, but the rival car dealers from Indiana kind of thing. Like, to me, that that's what this class is all about. You guys sell cars Monday through Friday and you race cars on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And here you are battling it out. Bo versus Bill. Butner versus Skillman. Factory stock, race two, and what a great race. You're 039 off the starting line, 794, a wire-to-wire victory. He's right alongside 053, 795, and your win light comes on for your first NHRA national event win. What does that feel like? Well, you know, it's hard to get the smile off your face, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I guess winning a couple weeks ago uh, in the other series, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, that was the real first win for me, I guess. So this, uh, it felt great. It was, it was super exciting, but, uh, I wasn't as probably fired up as I may have been for the first, for the first win, but it, it felt great. Believe me. It, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get that smile pride off your face, you know? So it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we've worked really hard. Um, and, uh, I've had a chance to win before and, red lit in the finals at, you know, at Pomona and done some other thing, you know, I, I just, I beat myself and it feels good not to beat yourself, you know, go out and have a better light and, and run better than your competition. Um, and, you know, other than the first round, I think my lights were pretty decent. You know, those cars are not, not easy, uh, to cut a great light in. Uh, I, you know, I know I'm not as good as a Drew or, a or Aaliyah, you know, you know, you can tell in their lights. Uh, I wish I was, but uh, I'm old and fat, and you know, uh, 
Athlete is not athlete is not one of the things that I'm referred to. You know? Right, but not bad, by the way. Oh, forty eight, oh forty eight, oh thirty nine. Your last three on race day. That's pretty yeah. good. That'll get the job uh, yeah. done. Uh, you know what? We we got you know we've got a good race car, and uh, you know it makes up for for some of the tardiness. You know, but uh, you know this 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 class is going to get harder and harder and harder. You know, uh, I wish the class was a thirty two car field. I, because uh, these guys are investing big money and I would love to see more people qualify so they, so they get to race day. Uh, I just don't want it to be discouraging and people stop coming uh, because they don't qualify. Uh, and, you know, NHRA has limited the fields in a lot of these, uh, a lot of these races and, you know, they're cut down to 50, you know, in stock and super stock and, you know, it's just not near the numbers that they used to have. And uh, I just wish there was another round for these guys to, you know, you, you because, you know, dreams do come true. You know, a guy cannot qualify good and, and race good, you know. No, you, I you agree. Look at some of the talent that was, look at some of the talent that was from 17 down uh, that's there. Those guys are all capable of beating you, you know. Um, and, you know, I would love to see them be able to race, you know. Well, I agree, Bill. And since we're, you brought that up, there's a couple of things. Let's let's rapid fire on a few things. Okay, first of all, some people have been joking about that, but why not? Um, with Pro Mod, you know, they do a long burnout, and there's a really long procedure. I've noticed that these showdown cars, from pulling out of the staging lanes to turning off the top end of the racetrack, you guys get your business done really quickly. There's not a lot of messing around on the starting line. I would love to see a 32-car field uh, where – you know, not like that it's all run, but we had 30 cars show up there already. It doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, and I don't think it would delay the program tremendously. Yeah, run two qualifiers. You know, that fixes the, instead of three, run two qualifiers. That that fixes, that would fix the problem, you know. And so. people people do. Things do happen. All right, what about your low ET 782.3, Chuck Watson, 180 miles an hour in a stock eliminator car on a 9-inch wide tire. Following the rules change, do you expect something else to, to come after you guys? Well, they were pretty much saying that it was that we were going to get hit again. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've now in this class last year, you know, it was, you know, it, it, it never happened that quickly, you know, and I think there was a lot of posturing uh, during testing with NHRA before the season started that they were already rattling swords about slowing the Fords down uh, and then slowing the Chevrolets down because of the numbers that we heard that, you know, that uh, Stanfield and them were testing at in Houston and what, what, uh, what I ran and what uh, Kevin Helms ran at Bradenton, um, you know, I, you know, the, the, the sword rattling started really early and uh, you know, the Dodges were harping pretty hard on getting, getting us slowed down. And um, I, the fans don't want to see eight second runs. They want to see seven second runs. Everybody I talked to was so fired up that we're running the sevens. So we, we haven't even run in any warm weather yet. And if they get these cars slowed down so much that they're running in the 8s, 810s, 820s uh, by slowing them down when it gets hot, it's, it, 
it's not going to have it's not going to have the draw that it has right now. People are excited about them running in the seven. I agree. Now we don't need to be running seven fifty or you know or seven sixty probably, but I don't see anything wrong with them running seven seventy, seven eighties, whatever, uh, whatever you can you know whatever you can make it happen. And you know, uh, we want the manufacturers to stay involved, whether that happens or not. But here, here's the thing that really that that I see is a real threat for the factories or why if I was a factory I would not want to invest would be so I've worked real hard on my program. I've worked hard to put out a package to be very competitive and with the swipe of the pen and when I mean the swipe of the pen, a a a, a rural penalty, uh, a larger pulley, more weight, smaller throttle body, whatever it might be to slow you down after they've invested in making the car be more productive and go faster. I mean, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand equaling everybody up this fast. Uh, you know, we Ford Ford asked for concessions because we had we you know we had three hundred two cubic inches that the blocks had no room. You know, they were slightly over that uh, to have some more stroke. And we got a better blower. We had got got a more efficient blower. Three liters to the two nine, just a much better blower. You know, Chevrolet asked for for things. Dodge, I don't think Dodge asked for anything. They sat on their they sat on their hands. And to me, that's kind of shame shame on them, I guess. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't think that we were going to pick up and go faster. You know, Ford was terribly uncompetitive. Only Kevin. Uh, Kevin Helms is the only one who ran any good last year. And the reason he ran so good, he tested and he tested and he tested. And, you know, he had the right converters and the right, you know, he, he, they, they did everything, you know, to test, to get every ounce out of that Ford they could get out of it. And, uh, you know, he did a heck of a job. He did, he did a heck of a job last year. Not Kevin Helms. I'm sorry. I didn't mean Kevin Helms. I meant, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, what's wrong Skinner? With me? Brain went totally. Skinner. Skinner. Kevin Skinner. Yes. My brain went totally dead there for a minute. So no, Kevin no. and them said, you know, they did, you know, him and Mike did a great job of working hard to make that car go good. Um, you know, they, they really put the hours in and the testing in and you made the suspension work, made everything work. Uh, you know, they were the class uh, with Ford last year, but nobody else was competitive. We ran a limited number of races, but, you know, won a couple rounds, but, but you know, that was it, you know, and only did it, you know, because I had a good light uh, or somebody didn't go down the track. So it wasn't because of power. I mean, the Dodges would just, you'd be out in front and they just, they'd go by you like you're sitting still, you know? Yeah. Big power on the big end. And I, I recall. Yes, sir. Uh, so it's going yes, to be a couple of weeks. So we're going to find out May 17th through 19th, the Virginia NHRA Nationals, the next race of the eight race schedule. Both you and Drew off to a pretty strong start and probably going to be battling each other uh, for the championship in addition to on the racetrack. That is very exciting. And we are certainly looking forward to it. Bill, I want to wish you congratulations. Your first NHRA National event win. You and your son in the winner's circle. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of the big personalities from the Mellow Yellow series coming over, congratulating you. Uh, it was kind of an emotional thing to see you guys do it. Had to be great, but you got to get back out there real soon. It won't be long till we're seeing these cars on the track again. We're excited. We're uh, looking forward to Virginia, and uh, 
I want to uh, also shout out to, you know, what a great team that we have. Uh, Tommy Laney, uh, uh, Dave Udini, Joey Gwynn, Anthony Bivens, and our driver, Turbo. Uh, Wayne does it. They all do a great job. They play a big part uh, in our team. And without that team, we, would, we wouldn't be where we are. And Chris Holbrook building, you know, tremendous power uh, and, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate all that Chris does for us too. So, but we've got a lot of got a lot of good sponsors and a lot of a lot of good uh, people that supply parts for these cars that are that are doing a really nice job. So we always heard that Drew puts cars on sale, uh, you know, like a little discount when he won. Do you do the same? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're we're they're always on sale. <laughs> we're we, you know what we're 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 here to sell cars. We're uh. Uh, out on the lot. We're not collecting them. We're, we're here to sell them. So we're, we're going to do whatever it takes to put someone in a car. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, have, we have sold a lot of racers cars and, uh, uh, through racing. So I think it's been a, it's been a good, it's been a good fit for us. It's, uh, it's been a win-win for us. Tremendous. Bill, thank you very much for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. I know you can have your own fan base of folks out there that follow you, Andrew, through the season. Certainly folks coming over from the Mellow Yellow series that love these cars, that love the Mustangs, that relate to them, and who knows, may even go out and buy one because of what you guys are doing on the racetrack. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Bill. Bill Skillman, race two winner in the Samtech.edu Factory Stock showdown what a great race a whole lot of fun and maybe the next time we're out there at zmax dragway they will go four wide and let's get into it now with samtech.edu's brian massengill to recap the race brian a great race a lot of fun very exciting similar to the first in that we have a skillman as the winner uh there were a lot more similarities than that joe um yeah, exciting race. I, I, like I said, it would be an exciting race, but I kind of missed the point. Um, you know, an all-seven-second field again, I didn't think we'd have it. I thought we could at best have half the field um, be in the sevens, but um, we, we had a pretty impressive showing, uh, everything considered, with the rule changes that came in. Um, a lot of great cars didn't qualify running the sevens, and, and I'm, I was shocked by that. I really was. Absolutely. And uh, just in the interest of the audience of Factory Stock Podcast, who are out there subscribing and writing a review, as of time of this interview, there have no been, have been no rules uh, updates or modifications just yet. Um, the field was closer. That was the goal. But the Fords still, I'll use the word dominant, 180 miles per hour by Chuck Watson. That was very impressive. Yes, that, that was, you know, that's our top speed, um, our top mile an hour record now and belongs to Chuck and congratulations to Chuck and everyone at Watson. You know, I, I talked to him about what they went through at the NMCA at the last NMCA race and getting that car back together and um, in such a short, short turnaround. And if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Watson because that crew knows those cars so well being the uh, builders of them for so long. Um, but yeah, that's the, it, again, a great weekend, um, 180 miles an hour. I think that we, running at nine, 45 after a uh, rain delay and then a wind delay and some hail and some pollen. Um, you know, I think running so late at night and having uh, no no issues um, on the track and everything getting ready that late at night really played into the mile an hour and our ability to get all the cars in the sevens. 
Yeah, pollen out. We haven't had that one. A pollen delay. We had that out there at uh, ZMAX Dragway. But uh, everybody brought it. They came to play, and it was a great weekend. Now, um, in the end, though, it was... Bill Skillman picking up his first win and talking about the the round by round of racing. I felt like we had some interesting players in each manufacturer, but so far at the start of 2019, the Skillman team is uh, top of the heap, as indicated by the fact that they're tied in points. They are. Um, you know, Bill and Drew, uh, they've got a great program over there. Everyone at the Skillman team. Uh, congratulations on everything, and congratulations to Drew on winning Stock Eliminator. Um, that's pretty awesome that father and son were able to win um, stock and factory stock at the same race. Um, Bill's first NHRA win, um, a lot of history there for that family and that team. Um, so really glad to be a part of it um, as the showdown. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the Fords really do have um, have it all kind of figured out, and especially that Skillman team. You can see how quick they are and how – they're able to adjust to the track quicker than anybody else. Um, you know, we had uh, some track prep issues that uh, that some of the racers and manufacturers were a little upset about. Uh, you know, the, these cars spinning and having to pedal them—that's that's not good for them. Having to pedal these cars and try to get it back up—that that that, uh, that valve train doesn't really like that that much. And and you kind of see some catastrophic things. What happened to Leah? Um, at the end of her pass and what happened to Drew at the end of his pass in round two. It, it, it's not good for these cars. They're turning a lot of RPM, um, and with the compression that they have, it's just it's not great. So um, we're, we're trying to work on how to get the track prepped better for every racetrack, and, and like I said, the Skillman's just did a better job of getting down the track when it when it mattered most. And Bill just told us they pulled like all the timing out on the starting line and uh that's an interesting angle to discuss in that the the track prep um from what I understand the tires on these cars are radial tires, correct? Yes. Okay. And so we um, I know that the you know radial tire and in radial racing the track prep is like extreme like flypaper like plus the cars are 3600 pounds for the most part and so we saw a couple of times especially in round 2 heat of the day and uh, I will say that the NHRA had an unusual circumstance one of their counter rotating tractors had uh, you know br- broken and had a problem they had to bring in a different tractor that didn't have the tires on it that uh, did the rotating and that changed some things uh, generally on that given day was that exactly what we're talking about but you can see how track prep would be very important to these machines and in round two two cars got down and those were both skillman cars right and, and again it is it's unfortunate when you know you're everybody's working so hard to get these cars down the track and and everything that goes into these seven second passes to um kind of get lose it off the starting line um, because you were trying to throw everything you had at it, um, you could. Uh, I think there were a couple passes uh, in the second round and, and even into the first round that, you know, on a on a different track, it it would have been a different result. But that's racing. That's what we're out here doing. We don't race on paper. Exactly. And just as much as the cars are new and people are getting used to uh, what they take, what they are, what they will be, what they uh, how fast they will go. Similar situation with track prep for the class and for the category and, you know, what they require. Uh, That second round was unfortunate. But in the end, 
uh, Bill Skillman and Drew Skillman figured out how to get down the racetrack. Now, Drew did have a problem, burnt a piston, pushed out a seal, and was unable to answer the call against Bo Butner in round three. I spoke with Bo at the start of the weekend. I was like, hey, who do, who do you want to race? And he said the person he would most love to race in the category was Drew, based on their background in the sportsman ranks and their background in pro stock. And that had set up, but unfortunately, Drew could not answer the call. Bill Skillman on the other side of the ladder against David Barton and uh, took out David big time. That 823, uh, two-tenths behind Bill Skillman. And so Skillman goes to the final round against Bo. And that, we had a great race for the final round. That was exciting. No, that was. That was that was one of the best races we could have asked for, you know, especially uh, under the conditions that the previous two rounds had had been run, um, you know, it's it's always the best round of racing when we can get the cars down the track. That's a no-brainer, and um, you know, to have a 794 to a 795, that's 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 as good as we're going to get. You know, that's that's some really great racing, heads-up racing. Um, congratulations to everyone at Ford. Uh, you know, I know Bo's a little disappointed in not winning the race, but but they had a real fast race car and they got everything down the track when they needed to. Um, you know, he had that solo pass, uh, when, when Drew couldn't make the, make the call and he showed in that pass, he, he ran it all out and, um, he didn't hold anything back to, you know, just save the engine or save the car or anything like that. They're still learning with that car and, and it looks like they're, they've got it under control. Daryl Heron and Bo really put a lot of effort in, and I was over there when they were like replacing a pulley and switching things up to the uh, the most current of rules. I can't, um, you know, the the idea that we have the Skillmans and the Butners racing in the final round, two auto dealers from Indiana, isn't that exactly what we're supposed to be trying to do? Uh, sell cars. You got two car dealers battling it out in the final round with Bill Skillman coming out on top, leaving on a whole shot, outrunning Bo Butner. Uh, setting low ET of the meet. And so race two, I think that the uh, popularity of the class continues on. Now we have uncovered a couple of additional factors. Uh, Leah Pritchett had the best 60 foot of the weekend. The Dodges still a little bit behind. I got to say, I felt like the rules change hurt the Copos a little bit too. Fords were still quick, maybe down 80 horsepower, but still dominating. Do we expect any further rules changes? What do you know? I honestly don't know anything. Uh, last time they made the rules change, it came pretty quick. Um, I, I feel like it came within uh, 48 hours of the race ending. Uh, so, you know, we're we're still kind of in that window, but barely. And uh, and it's it it's something that I know that they're looking at. And and you can just kind of look at it and say, okay, look at the mile and hours that the Fords are running versus the Chevys versus the Dodges. And granted, there's only four Dodges there, and and uh, and they didn't get to make as many passes as the Chevys and the Fords, but um, you can kind of take the average of those and look and say, okay, this car might have more power. And and you look at the 60 foots. You know, Leah um, having that fastest 60 foot. That means that they're putting everything they've got into getting that car off the line to try and make up all of that that lack of power, really. Um, whereas the the Fords can kind of take it. It looks like maybe a little softer. You know. Uh, Bill telling you that uh, he was able to, he had to take all the timing out to get it to leave, and they're still able to run a, a 794 in the finals. That's that tells you something right there that they've they've got some power. 
Absolutely, they do. And as is the case, you would imagine they got a new engine combination, new supercharger. I think he was referring to the second round in particular. I don't know about the final, but oh, I, I'm sorry. No, it is the second round. You're right. I misspoke. But I misspoke. in the but in the end, uh, this is a process that we're going through, and it's not no, it, 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 going to be it perfect. Is. The first it couple is. of races, it is, um, and that's one of the things. You know, there's there's uh, a lot of these racers that are are kind of at the top of the mountain right now that are saying, well, they just need to get back in and work. And, you know, uh, I get it. Dodge didn't ask for anything, but don't think they haven't been working. Don't think that uh, Kevin and Terry and everyone over at DSR hadn't been working. Don't don't believe for a second that uh, Joe Welch came out here to uh, to not qualify. And same with Alan Johnson. You know, the, these are uh, racers that are used to doing well, and they, they aren't right now. They're not having a good go at it. Um, Lee is the only Dodge that's qualified for the two races so far. Um, you know, you had Allen and Joe right there at the bump. They were on the bump number. Uh, that uh, 97 with a 1, 97 with a 3, 97 with a 5, 97 with a 7. Uh, I mean, that's that's real quick. That's that's how tight it was um, for that, that bump spot. And uh, I, I hope they get everything figured out. I know that, you know, there's going to be people, well, they shouldn't have sat on their butts all off season. They should have asked for something, but you know, the NHRA wasn't, I don't believe would have necessarily given them what they gave Ford and Chevy because they dominated the second. Well, really aside from the first two races, they dominated the season last year. Absolutely. And then again, it is a process. You've got two man, three manufacturers. You got a whole bunch of different cars and everything is relatively new. So we're just going to have to ride it out. The next race is Richmond. Now, Bill Skillman just brought something up. I want to run it by you. You know, we've been advocating for the four wide and next year it appears that uh, people are excited about the four wide. But Bill Skillman just mentioned something and not that he is the MS when it comes to anything, but he threw it out there. And I'm going to ask you, he said that he'd like to see and get this ready. Uh, 32 car fields so that people who invested and bought these cars, they don't have to just go home without racing. He said he'd rather see two qualifying sessions and a 32 car field if there were the cars, of course. And, you know, maybe someone has a miracle day. Maybe that Cinderella story goes on and puts together a race day, figures out how to get down the racetrack consistently when the big dogs are going out. And it was kind of interesting to think about it. We we are close to having enough cars to do it. Maybe not there yet. But just as a fantasy scenario brought up by the most recent race winner, I think he's earned the idea to fantasize about possibilities. What do you think? No, I, I have been um, kind of fighting that. Uh, not fighting. I've been suggesting it, I should say, uh, to the NHRA, at least at Indy. Let's, let's start at Indy. That's a big race. We've got a lot of time. You know, it's not a three-day event. Um, it, it becomes a lot easier when you, can, when you have the time to space everything out and add that extra round in now granted you know these these racers uh last year in dallas only got we we had one qualifying session and that was it and weather permitting uh you know you that, that's really all you're going to be guaranteed sometimes and so the for the most part these drivers they can get everything together with that one run they're they're not they're not always um under the gun and, and just showing up to the track with nothing prepared i'd be shocked by that but it is something, 32-car field, let me get back on subject here, 32-car field um, is something that I am asking for that I know they have not made the schedule yet for Indy and that they are working on, and I am asking for it, and I am hoping for it. And, um, I, you know, it, it's closer this year than it was last year. And I, I can say that for sure. But having two fields uh, with 30 cars 
on the entry list, um, 30 cars plus on the entry list. And we know there are still some more that want to come race with us. And if we gave them an opportunity, uh, there are cars that can run eight O's that look at our, us right now and say, an eight O is not qualifying. Why I can't show up there, you know, all this time, energy, effort to go halfway across the country or the full way across the country if I can't qualify. But if we went to 32 cars, it's like you said, anything can happen. You know, we, we saw some major upsets, I would say, in the first round of qualifying, or sorry, in the first round of eliminations. Um, and those cars kept getting down the track. You know, they, they didn't win the race. The, the cars that won the race got down the track. But, um, but it is something that we are exploring. And um, it's just getting everything right. And sometimes it's, it is tough at a three-day event to get us to four rounds uh, of eliminations. And yeah. so we are working on all that kind of stuff. Now, very interesting. One thing I have been impressed with is how quickly the cars run, though. No messing around. Very quick burnout. Get up there. Get after it. Uh, a pair of factory stock showdown cars goes down the, the racetrack uh, very rapidly, like from, uh, from pull out of the staging lanes to turn off the racetrack. It's got to be one of the quickest. It, 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 if everything goes right. You know, I, I hated, um, for, for multiple reasons, you know, I hated Drew. Uh, blowing up his engine at the end of the track, not just for Drew and the Skillman team and the money and time and energy it's going to take to get that back, uh, that engine back together, but also for all the other racers and and uh, that's uh, the pros, that's the sportsmen, that's that's the you know the junior dragsters that don't get to get on the track because one of our cars blows up and 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 kind of t- shuts the track down for half an hour. But the turnaround for us, you know, I think we were our first. Um, qualifying hit, like I said, at 9.45, we were off the track by 10 o'clock, and that was for 30 cars. You know, that we're real quick. We we aren't uh, messing around when we get up there. We don't get to do these crazy long burnouts and, and go across the uh, the start line at all, so we're not backing up and let, airing out the cars and everything else that, that some of these other classes do. Um, and now some of the racers want to be able to do that if we could, you know, they say if we could lay down our own tracks and, and do a burnout across the start line that would help us out and stock, you know, factory stock is in our name. So um, we're not going to be doing that anytime soon. So we are very quick to get down the track um, and very quick when we are making passes. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's very obvious. And that's kind of a hallmark of the class Uh, for any like heads up class. They run very, very uh, rapidly. Now, you spoke with a lot of the drivers. You were a roving reporter out there for Factory Stock Podcast. Uh, pretty cool stuff. What was the, uh, you know, what was the general sentiment out there as we were participating in race number two? I know you spoke with a lot of folks, uh, Chuck Watson after going 180, etc. Um, but bottom line, it seems like people still, uh, you know, cutting edge, very interested, and, and this thing's got a long way to go. It does. It really does. And And you can see that Nobody's giving up on this on this class. You know, there's there's um, some of the teams that didn't qualify. I know stayed behind and uh, were racing on Monday, trying to figure out, you know, how do I find this extra ten percent? How can I find this extra five percent? You know, how can I get into the next show? They're they're not giving up on the class. They're not discouraged. They understand. Hey, this is a serious class that I'm invested in. I've got to figure out how to make more power. Um, and how to get this power on the track. And so I, I know that there were at least three teams uh, that were, you know, at the Monday Nationals, as uh, as they call it, on uh, testing their, their factory stockers. And, and so they're, they're not getting discouraged. 
Um, you know, even even though they didn't qualify and they might have been 22nd, they were less than a tenth out of qualifying. And, and being in the top half of the field, it, you know, less than a tenth away from that, it, down into the 20s. So it's anything at any moment can go any any racer's way. And it, it is like what Bill said and what you and I just talked about. If we can get a 32-car field, you, you could see something really special with one of those cars on the bottom half of the ladder. Absolutely. Brian, excellent work. Great job uh, chasing down the interviews out there at the track and, of course, uh, everything you do at samtech.edu. The the class is very interesting. Got a lot of positive feedback on our last edition. For all you listeners out there, if you're not subscribed, you need to subscribe to Factory Stock Podcast. Please write a review, of course. But uh, a lot of talk about Carl Tasca's comments about how the uh, the Chrysler team didn't do very much during the off season. We know that hopefully they've got a new car coming soon. We're looking to connect with those folks. Uh, and I have a feeling that they are going to factor in before this season is over. But right now it has been a Ford show and uh, everybody else is kind of like reeling a little bit. Going to be very interesting. And we don't have to wait a very long time. One moment, please. I don't know where that came from. We're not going to have to wait a very long time as the next race will be in just a couple of weeks out there in Richmond. It is. It, it, and remember, last year, um, Stanfield, Power, uh, Stephen Bell won the Gators. Arthur Cohn won the, uh, the Four Wides. And, and so that two Chevys dominated the, the, the field um, for the first two races. And then it became the Dodge show. Joe Welsh rattled off the next two wins and then Leah, the final three to uh, become crowned our champion. And, and so there's a lot of racing left. Um, the, the point standing right now is so tight and so close. It's, it's actually really great the way that it's kind of shaken out. Uh, you know, Bo is number six right now and he didn't qualify for the first race. So it is still wide open. Um, I'm sure the Skillmans have, some fast cars, but you can see what happened. You know, Drew, it looked like Drew was going to be able to get into the finals, maybe beat his dad, maybe win two in a row, but mechanical failure, you hate to see it, but it makes for an exciting season. Absolutely. They're tied at the top, and as we know from other forms of racing, all of a sudden uh, they are battling each other, and they're going to be going at each other just as much as they're going at everybody else. And uh, I know Bill wants a championship and Drew wants a championship. And so they're going to become uh, a nemesis at some point. And who knows, somebody else could slide in there. Carl Task is not going anywhere. Chris Holbrook still waiting for a big day. As you mentioned, Bo Butner going to be very, very tough. I know that Randy Taylor uh, had a problem out there this weekend, but... Uh, he's got a very quick and fast hot rod. Archie Cohn has yet to really emerge. You know, Leah's going to get some wins. She had an 011 reaction time and defeat. So it is going to be a whole lot of fun. Brian, excellent work. Thank you so much. Joe, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Brian Massengill from Samtech.edu breaking down the race. Brian also acting as our roving reporter out there on site at ZMAX Dragway at the NGK Sparkplugs 4-Wide Nationals. A lot of big moments out there, including Chuck Watson's 180-mile-per-hour run. But the mid-race thrash that was Drew Skillman after winning the round but blowing an engine, Brian was on the scene and caught up with Drew. I'm here with uh, Drew Skillman, our points leader. Uh, Drew, coming at the end of the track, big cloud of smoke, a lot of oil. Tell me what, uh, what happened on your side. Um, unfortunately, we just had an engine failure. Um, we've been struggling with this car all weekend. Our qualifying efforts obviously showed that we didn't really have a grasp on this engine. 
Um, we tried changing some stuff last night, knowing we're gonna have to step up a little bit. Chris is our engine builder. We know he can actually really put a run together at any time. So we, uh, you know, we may just push a little too far. The track conditions were really, really bad there. There, so everyone, we made me and my father the only two that got down in that session, from my understanding. And uh, you know what? I wish we could keep going next round. We're trying to chase the points. We want to win the championship in this series, and that's gonna set us back quite a bit. But Dad has a chance to go to the finals now, and he's gonna win this thing. So there's no chance of getting this engine changed out. Unfortunately, with the way these cars are set up, they are factory cars, and they're, it is an immense amount of work to get them out. We can do it in about two and a half hours, and unfortunately, the time's going to allow for it. So we're going to concentrate on Billy and try to get him in the winner's circle. Sounds good. Thanks, Drew. Good luck next week. That's our own Brian Massengill out there on location at the NGK Spark Plugs for Wide Nationals. Drew Skillman did get Bill the victory, and Bill goes out there and gets the job done over Bo Butner in the final round. Looking at the point standings, a uh, little discrepancy at the top of the points at this moment. Drill Skillman shown as the leader, 181 to 176 over Bill, with Stephen Bell third at 127, Carl Tasca 112, and Chris Holbrook with 109, rounding out the top 10. Bo Butner rocketing up to six with 107. If you go to NHRA's official statistics, Drew and Bill are shown at the top, tied with 176. So we will sort that out as time goes by. In terms of eliminations, it was a solid eliminator with exception of the round two tire spin pedal fest which each car having a lot of trouble getting down the racetrack the only cars getting down were the skillman cars and you heard bill say flat out they had to pull all the timing out cars require specific track prep and it is some of the challenge to get the cars down the racetrack. The next race will be Richmond, Virginia in a couple weeks, mid-May. Gives the teams an opportunity to get out there and hunt for some power, but dial in everything and get ready to go again. Race three will be coming at you. Here on Factory Stock Podcast, we will have a pre-race show. Six episodes now in the books. It is not too late to go back and start again from the very beginning. Get familiarized with the class the personalities, and the people that make the Samtech.edu factory stock showdown such a cool class of drag racing. Fans rushing to the stands to see these cars. And if you're a fan of the Challengers, if you're a fan of the Copo Camaros, if you're a fan of the Cobra Jet Mustangs, you're definitely going to want to keep up with this podcast. My name is Joe Costello. I'm your podcast host. Thank you so much for sticking around. Remember, I also host WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, where we cover pretty much all the other classes of NHRA drag racing. Factory Stock has just enamored so many people, it deserves its own podcast. We encourage you to subscribe, write a review, uh, tell your friends, let them know, because as this season develops, we are going to follow along. Once again, to recap Charlotte, Bill Skillman over Bo Butner in the final round. Skillman gets the win with wins over David Barton in the semis, Scott Libisher in round two and Leah Pritchett in El Bandito round one. Other emerging stars, obviously, Bo Butner, a former pro stock world champion. We'll continue to follow these stories. We'll continue to follow Factory Stock. Hopefully you will subscribe and be ready for the next episode. That's going to do it. Thanks to everyone, including Brian Massengill, Bill Skillman, Drew Skillman, and everybody who is part of the Factory Stock podcast. We'll see you next time. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. 
Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.